0: Welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, your online home for all the latest BTS news. I'm Max. And I'm JR. How's it going? Oh, on and on. <laughs> uh, you? Yes. <laughs> it also goes. Yes. Uh, yeah. it's It's been a week.
1: Uh, it was really slow... Really, really slow all week for me. Not a Mm -hmm. whole lot happened, but like one of those, I finally got a thing done at work and then it just died and in a way that was painful. Uh Oh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. That sucks. Yeah, whatever. Hopefully next week will be better. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Ah, uh, news. Um,
0: so you know there've been a there've been a slate of Marvel shows that have been planned for Hulu. Um, there was, of course, Modok, which they just announced the voice cast for. There was uh, Hit Monkey. There was Hellstrom. Ghost Rider. Tigra and Dazzler uh, and the other one, Howard the Duck. Um, Apparently, several of those are now not going to happen. The Ghost Rider series is not going to happen, nor are the animated Howard the Duck and Tigra and Dazzler shows.
1: Was the Ghost Rider going to be animated as well?
0: I believe that was live action it was a it was meant to be a spin off of agents of shield if I'm not mistaken well, that would have been cool.
1: I liked that ghost Rider. I know I'm in the minority, but I thought he was fun
0: uh, I don't know that you're in the minority. It's just that a lot of people who are anti agents of shield
1: are extremely vocal about are not-
0: extremely loud about. Personally, I don't care. Like, I'm I'm largely ambivalent about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but,
1: like, yeah. I mean, I haven't watched the last two seasons, I think, but I was enjoying it while it was around. Yeah. Or while I was watching it. I don't know why I quit. I think we moved.
0: Well, and that, you know, that happens sometimes. You'll just, you'll be watching something and then, like, something will happen, whatever it may be. I and mean, yeah. you just you kind of lose the thread for a minute and you're like I need to get back to that and then you just don't for a while. Yeah. Uh and then
1: if it was something because I was watching it like on the DVR, I would actually instead of binging all of it on Hulu or whatever like I did with Legion, I would actually watch it on when it like the de- the day after when the episode was up online um or on the DVR that night or whatever. Right. And then I just sort of fell behind in that. I think, again, because we moved. And then at that point it was like, well, now I got 19 of these things to watch. Ugh. Yeah, it adds up. <laughs> and <laughs> and I don't have the time for this. I have other things to do. So yeah. that happens to video. There, there was a blog on uh, Deadspin a really long, or maybe six or seven months ago, rest in peace Deadspin, that was about there needs to be a dad mode for video games, and I think I need that too, even though I'm not a dad. there just needs to be a I haven't played this in we see you haven't played in forty five days here's what's going on yeah <laughs> also quick refresh on all of the controls,
0: oh yeah, the controls are the big one like yeah. i can I can usually like if need be I can uh. I can get on, like, Wikipedia and look up the plot of a video game and be like, uh, okay, that's where I stopped. And, like, yeah. leave it there. Uh, but, yeah, with the controls, I'm like, it'll be... And especially a game that requires you to gain mastery over the course of the get, Like, sure. it's expected that you will. Because then... I will, I will come back and I'll just be like, oh man, I am, I am fucking awful at this. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you can't, you can't like put Mirror's Edge down after you've gotten to, you know, six hours into it and then pick it back up and be good. Yeah. You're going to be screwed.
0: Any Souls-like. Any of the Souls, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so yeah,
1: I... Oh, we're talking about canceled shows.
0: Yeah. uh, So apparently it was Marvel that canceled them. Uh, It was... Now, maybe this is because of the big shakeup that happened with Marvel TV. I I don't know. Um, I know in the case of Tigra and Dazzler, I guess they'd fired the showrunner at one point, and there were some issues behind the scenes with that one anyway.
1: Well, isn't Feige in charge of Everything now?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is, is.
1: Is he also in charge of the comics side of the house? I,
0: he's, at the very least, he's a, he's got a greater hand in the comic side. And I thought so, that,
1: too, and I'm kind of not okay with that.
0: I, I do think they need to be separate. I think they need to be separate entities. That's not to say that the comics shouldn't uh reflect the movies to a certain extent. I mean, like, that's that's the way it is. When X Men came out, the X Men started dressing in black leather. When Spider Man came out, they did the organic web shooters in the comics. You know, on and on and on. That's all fine. Um but the the there needs to be at least some measure of separation between the two.
1: I wouldn't mind yeah a semi-permeable membrane yeah right like but having one guy in charge of both even if it is but and then the problem then becomes do you like it's a bit of a Sophie's choice do I want Feige to have more involvement or do I want to bolster CB Cebulski and I don't know about either of those I don't want those well (laughs) these are choices I do not like
0: it is a, it is a Sophie's, it's a Sophie's choice of shit. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like, yeah. Like, don't get me I don't hate Kevin Feige or no. anything like that. But I do, I think, first of all, the comics should not be a wing of the movies. No. Or vice versa. They should be separate things. They should be...
1: You will create it's... better product that way, no yeah. matter what.
0: Because the... I know I know. when the MCU started hitting it big that there was a hope. Well, or for that matter, any of the comic book movies. Back when Blade came out and with, with X-Men and Spider-Man and on and on and on, there has long been a hope, uh, however quaint it may be, that success in movies would translate to more readership for the comics. And that has... Generally, it's not to say that nobody's become interested in a character because of a movie, but generally speaking, that hasn't worked out the way that It has
1: definitely not worked out the way, or to the extent that they wanted it to. Right. Like, I think Marvel was probably dreaming of, oh my God, we'll be able to sell 25% more books than we right. do already. And, it's like, and instead they got three. Yeah. yeah, out of that. Well, also I mean, it's
0: difficult as fuck to You make. just have to look at. You just have to look at like, I mean, Blade. Blade was Blade came out of nowhere. Yeah. And was a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, but they have never been able to keep a Blade series going. No. Oh. Um, and you know, and it's funny because like, Gail Simone had talked on her Twitter account at one point about how. Uh, even things that are even just tangentially related. Uh, there was, she talked about how there was a lot of hope among comic book industry professionals and retailers and what have you that with a movie coming out that it would lead to increased readership and on and on and on and on and on. And, on. and the movie that they were pinning their hopes on was Unbreakable. And it's just kind of like, huh, okay. Sure. Like.
1: I mean, you got to make a choice, I guess.
0: But I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I think that, I think that we should abandon the hope that movies are going, <laughs> all of it, yes, all hope, all hope abandoned. ye who enter here should be hanging above the doors of all comic shops and all theaters showing comic book movies. Uh, But no, I think we should abandon the hope that all, that uh, comic book movies are going to bolster readership to an appreciable degree. Uh, By the same token, I don't think that the comics should be treated as uh, marketing for the movies. I think they just need to be allowed to be their own things. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. anyway. So yeah. Like, if you were jazzed for Tigra and Dazzler, sorry. If dude, you were jazzed for Howard the Duck or Ghost Rider, The only one that, was,
1: that I was like, of the four you mentioned, probably Howard the Duck was the one I was going to be like, I'll check that out. MODOK, the
0: major thing I was excited for as far as MODOK was that Pat Oswalt was doing it. Uh, and so I figured that would lead to some weird shit. Sure. Um, so, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so there's that. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is the death of death. Okay. Uh, the thing about it is, so... If you've been following X Men at all during Powers House Dawn of X, uh, you know that the X Men have have figured out how to get around death. Um, In as much right. as Cerebro downloads a current copy of everyone's brain, uh, Gold Balls. It turns out his gold balls are actually like. Eggs. Uh, They then basically inject the genetic material of whoever into one of the gold balls. Uh, Elixir and Tempest and yada yada, Hope uh, all work together to bring it to age the clone up, and then the memories of the person are injected into the clone. And you wind up with whoever coming back from the dead, and so not only, not only does that mean that the X-Men are no longer bound by a fear of death, they—I mean, like they just brought back Shinobi Shaw, uh, they're bringing back Black Tom Cassidy, like. Uh, Was he dead? He's been dead. He's definitely been dead before. Uh, You know, they're bringing back, ostensibly they're bringing back everybody. I assume at some point that means we'll be seeing Maggot again. Uh, You know, on and on. Um, But, what we found out in uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie, because, so, in War of Realms, all of the Valkyries were wiped out. By Malekith, at the end of it, uh, Jane Foster winds up picking up a hammer from the War Thor uh, that is kind of broken, but it turns her into Thor, and she's able to join in the final fight against Mal. Did you read War of the Realms? No. So, the final the final fight of War of the Realms takes place at Stonehenge. Malekith puts up a uh, a uh, field that will only allow Thor through. Ideally, this means, of course, that Thor will have to fight Malekith alone. Instead, Thor uses a little time travel to bring the uh, younger and older versions of himself to the present to fight Malekith. And then Jane shows up with the War Thor hammer, which allows her through. So you wind up with four Thors fighting Malekith. At the end of it, um, the hammer that Jane uses breaks, but it forms into, like, a thing on her arm. Sure. And uh, this ele- this changes shape based on what she needs. So she's able to turn it into a pair of wings to get around and then whatever weapon she needs and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but she's now the new Valkyrie. She's taken the place of... The Valkyries and yeah, uh, in the in the in the course of this, uh, it turns out that Death has not been doing very well uh, because you know, normal resurrections cause her problems as it is. But the fact that the X-Men are now just like... Straight cheating death. Yeah, straight, <laughs> straight up just like... No, death, we don't want to do death, that anymore. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, and also she's... the loss of
1: the fear. If there's yeah. no fear of death if, amongst an entire population, then that's got to be a problem for her. So, yeah. Uh, it's
0: It's a whole... And I don't know. I haven't read the issue. I don't know how it turns out, or even if it has turned out yet. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing. It's just kind of like because we've already established uh, in Thanos Imperative and the the war of between War of Kings and Thanos Imperative, we've established that a universe without death is not a good thing. Oh no. Um and so you know, we'll see how that turns out. Um anyway. Comics.
1: Comics. Let's do this.
0: Uh so we start this week with our the first of the additional Superman or Spider Man series. Uh Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider Man number one. Which I'll tell you as I'm making lists uh each you know, when I'm getting lists around for her, the uh the uh the reading list. The reading lists. Uh typing out Peter Parker the spectacular Spider Man number blank every time gets really fucking annoying. Oh, but yeah. anyway.
1: Even yeah, that. Uh, I, okay. I'm hot take. I hate these additional books. Okay. I like the stories. I actually don't mind the stories. I hate the idea of having a now third Spider Man book. Yeah. It's irritating and it seems, it feels like it's diluting the market. And especially since now you're making three teams of creative, three creative teams manage the same story. Well, you know, the, the,
0: it, it gets frustrating when you look at, when you look at the, these things in like the, the macro view, because it, it's one book, then it swells to what the market will bear. Then it swells beyond that, then it contracts back down to one or two books. Then it swells and it swells and it contracts.
1: And like I can make this work, I and that perfectly makes sense. I, I yes, and I can understand doing that with X Men, right? Because there are a billion X Men. Yeah. There is one Spider Man. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's weird. It does, get,
0: it does get really confusing to try and follow his adventures. I mean, the, 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 the problem here is that Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, just in the reading this week, uh, the number one deals with, shows him at his house or at his apartment and it's fully furnished. Amazing Spider-Man is a couple issues down the road, and that's where you find out it's being furnished. However, the events of the actual overall issue are such that we have to read Spectacular Spider-Man number one first. Yeah. So it's just, it's a mess. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, creative uh, team? Yeah. Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man number one is written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Dave Hunt, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, Spider-Man is at the campus of e- ESU um, because there is going to be a uh, a speech put on by... Uh, Vice Chancellor Edward Lansky, um, and uh, the students all really like Lans- Lansky because Lansky is fighting against all of the budget cuts. Um, during the course of this, uh, Flash shows up with Mary Jane, um, so you know, and this is this is the other thing like. Uh he knows here that Flash or Mary Jane is dating Flash because of the blow-up they had over his constantly ditching her. But he finds out in the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man this week. Yeah. That they're that she's dating him. So, yeah. Um But in the course of things, the tarantula attacks and he and his men uh kidnap Lansky. Spider Man fights, but he winds up getting he winds up in a bush. Uh and uh the men get away with Lansky. Um Saw this one coming a goddamn mile away. But anyway. Um I didn't and I felt really stupid. <laughs> you should. Oh my god, it's so obvious. Anyway uh, Flash tries to stop the dudes and they just, like, <laughs> they deal with him in no time. Uh, the thing that I find funny is that to, as the car is speeding away, Tarantula leaps onto the back and drives his yeah. boot knives into the trunk lid, which means that he's got to stand on his tippy toes to stay on this lid. I
1: imagine he does this often.
0: I, man, okay. Anyway, uh, so everybody thinks that Spider-Man's involved in the attempt to, or in the kidnapping. Uh, he he goes to get his camera, but it's broken, um, so he doesn't even get the photos. Uh, we, of course, get the standard, like, uh oh, the Parker luck. He punches a wall. <laughs> And breaks his hand because why not? So he goes back home uh, and is immediately greeted by Glory, who treats his hand. They, go, they then go back over to Peter's apartment and Mary Jane's about to knock on the door. Uh, and Peter's just like, so I guess, like, what? What's going on? And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about and this
1: is annoying um but uh i didn't know what he was talking about either i i think it had been a while since had it been a while since we read spider-man and it's been a minute and i was just like wait did they have a fight and i don't remember it because i just why can't i would just want you two to be together to just be easier for everyone involved Uh, well yeah
0: (laughs) but then there's no drama And, uh, plus we've still got, we've still got to have him fucking around with Black Cat yet. Oh, yeah, we do. Anyway, um, so they, um, they head out, or they start to head out, and as they're leaving, Peter notices the same car that was used to abduct Lansky and he's like uh I gotta go visit Anne May in the hospital
1: yeah they're out trying to get glory a job and they went to city hall and they left city as they were leaving or as they were going into city hall to apply for jobs for glory uh he he sees the limo
0: right and so um peter (laughs) peter ducks into a bathroom locks the door changes to spider-man then crawls out the window and a dude, and there's a dude who like tries the door and he's just like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> and you just, you imagine like in the course of this, just like one of the background characters running off going, oh God. <clears throat>
1: um, I also am just now reminded that he does this kind of thing a lot. Yeah. So there's probably just hundreds of doors the bathrooms locked throughout the city mm-hmm. with no one understanding why. Also, how many bathrooms have you been in that have windows in buildings? Uh, Few. Well, I mean,
0: it's the 70s, though, too. Yeah. So. Um, um,
1: so the car is in the basement parking lot and the tarantula and his goon's Get out, and so and they talk to their leader, who's driving the car, and we don't see his face. And again, Max is an idiot. Um, and they go to break into, or they're told that they're supposed to kidnap the mayor, but it's supposed they're supposed to stage it so that it looks like it went wrong, and the mayor ends up dead. Um, and They're like, okay, cool. Also,
0: in case you did not know, if you read this and, like, the next issue, uh, you will find out in fairly short order that Tarantula trained to be his country's Captain America. Oh, yes. Uh, Because he brings that up all the goddamn time. Several, Uh, But, yeah. So, Tarantula knocks out some uh, policemen. And uses grabs a key to the uh, private elevator up to the mayor's office. Um, Spider-Man shows up. Tarantula's like, fuck this, and jumps in the elevator, um, leaving his goons. The goons are dealt with in fairly short order. And uh, so Spidey rips the door off, the, off of the elevator and climbs up. And then... Um, makes his way upstairs and we're treated to... No, it was the... I'm sorry, it was the chancellor of the college who was the fat guy who could barely run. Uh, so the mayor is the mayor is in his office and uh, this is one of those occasions where we have an actual guy. Like, this is actually the mayor of New York at this time. Um, which... Given, given how often they uh, they try to do, like, so-and-so runs for mayor, so-and-so runs for president, leave real-life politicians out of it. Because there's yeah. going to be way too many instances of... I mean, Wilson Fisk is mayor at one point. J. Jonah Jameson is mayor. was it
1: Fisk president? At one point, Luthor was. I knew that. Uh, But I I thought Kingpin was president for a minute. He may have run.
0: I don't think he ever won. Did he? I don't know. I mean, sounds sort of familiar,
1: but yeah, I knew he was mayor of New York for a while. But anyway,
0: yeah, just just stop. Like, I understand there have to be certain things, like you have you have to mention Fiorello LaGuardia, okay because the airport is LaGuardia. Yeah. Fine. But, like, some of these, just just leave it be. Most New York mayors you're not going to have to make a big deal of after the fact, so it's probably okay if you skip over them. But anyway, um, Spider-Man uh, interrupts as Tarantula is just like, I'm going to kill you with my pointy shoes," uh, And, uh, yeah so there's a there's a big old fight they're going back and forth at one point like spider-man leaps at tarantula and they're kind of headed out the window and so as they're going tarantula like grabs the mayor uh so that as they're falling spider-man has to decide who he's going to save um Or what, if he's going to capture Tarantula or save the mayor. Yeah. Uh, So.
1: He chooses the mayor and uh, Tarantula sticks his pointy shoes into the side of City Hall and stops his own fall, which is just ludicrous. Um, And (laughs) Spider-Man saves the mayor. Yeah. End of issue. Yeah. And he he immediately, like, I think the mayor, you just saved the mayor? Like, maybe ask the mayor for. Maybe ask the mayor for uh, a bit of, you know, a reference. Yeah, get the cops off my ass. I just saved saved you clearly. Yeah, clearly I'm an okay dude. Yeah, um, but no, no.
0: Uh, I don't know. This is these the the frustrating thing is these issues are fine, but it's just again, you know. This is now the third monthly Spider-Man book. So... Yep. So, yeah. Uh, Marvel Team-Up, number 52, is written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Sal Bushima, inked by Mike Esposito and Dave Hunt, colored by Don Warfield, and lettered by Joe Rosen. This issue wraps up the bits from the end of last week's episode... In that a a monster appears in the middle of New York. Uh, Spider-Man fights it. It gets away. At which point the portal opens and out come Falcon and Layla, uh, Texas Jack, all of the various night people, and then Cap. And then there's an explosion behind Cap, blah, blah, blah. Um, So... Cap leaves the night people for the police to round up, knocks out Falcon in order to take him back to SHIELD so he can be unbrainwashed. Uh, and then Spider-Man's just like, okay, well, that was fucking weird. I don't want
1: actually any of this. I want a bath and a glass of wine. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh taking off heroin tonight.
0: Yeah. So we switched to Batrock. I do not like Batrock here cuz he's a giant asshole. Yeah. And the thing that I like about Batrock is he's a mercenary, but he's not like he'll do what he's paid to do, but he's not a sadist. He's not yeah. And this is very this is very against that established Kind of,
1: especially in Iron Fist, where he was like, "Nah, this, it, it, but you can't go back on a deal. I kind of can. It's my job, and yeah. I took it. And I'm not. I haven't taken the second half of your money yet. So, nah, I'm gone. Bye. Yeah, I don't like this anymore. And uh I. Also, my people are getting... He had people, didn't he? And they were... Yeah, getting, he had he had dudes working for him. Oh, and they were getting... And he was they paying were
0: getting, for their... For, like, their... Families uh, and stuff. Yeah, he was giving money to their families if they were killed and shit like that. And then here, he's just, like, taken over a penthouse. And he's just, like, abusing this butler. And it sucks. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, he is... He is beating on his butler uh, when he sees the creature. And he's just like, this could this could provide me with many opportunities. And so he capers down like the stereotype he is. And uh, he's just like, hey, you want a job? And the monster's like, <laughs> I
1: mean, but, uh, there must be. That's the only thing about the or about this introduction to Batroc we get this week that is kind of interesting is that apparently he can speak with unspeakable horrors from beyond and convince them to work with him. Yeah. Uh, also, so we skip to uh, Spider-Man goes to the bugle and uh, something happens. Well, he's going oh. to pick
0: up his camera, which he dropped off with one of the. Uh, people there after Breaking. Spectacular Spider-Man number one. There's a brief thing where Jonah's just like, man! he's like, alright, whatever. Uh, goes and talks to Robbie. End up. Uh, um, uh,
1: but then we switch to what is definitely the most inconspicuous shield. No, it's not. The shield is landing a giant hovering flaming disc. With the
0: S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on the side of it, and all of the people are wearing S.H.I.E.L.D. logos. In the
1: midst of
0: downtown.
1: They're on the island of Manhattan. I'm surprised
0: (laughs) there is not, like, a loudspeaker that's just like, S.H.I.E.L.D. Craft Landing! S.H.I.E.L.D. Craft Landing! Please back up so that this S.H.I.E.L.D. aircraft... Full of proprietary S.H.I.E.L.D. material can land. Also, Warning! All
1: of, this, all of this is secret. Please do not tell your friends. Please do not tell your friends about the
0: massive amounts of radioactive material S.H.I.E.L.D. is landing in the middle of Manhattan. And so Batroc, somehow Batroc <laughs> and the monster get wind of this and uh so they show up and go to steal the transuranium uh, that is in there. Uh, so they are they are fighting the shield agents when uh, Cap shows up, and then uh, so does Spider Man. Uh, in the course of things, yeah, he just happens but,
1: to. He also hears the message over the loudspeaker. And uh, it was on the news or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, Jonah keeps a TV tuned to the news, whatever. Right, that's what it was. Uh, So they fight. In the course of things, the monster starts glowing, and everybody's just like, that doesn't seem right. And the monster's just like, I'm gonna go with it. (laughs) So, um, they, uh, yeah, they fight, and uh, the... The monster winds up dying, and Batrock is captured, and so everybody's just like, cool. End of that, I guess. Never mind that there is now the body of a radioactive monster at the bottom of the Hudson, but fuck it. Uh,
1: so, it's Peter. It's not the only thing radioactive in the Hudson.
0: Peter changes back into his civvies and goes and meets uh, Mary Jane. To pick up Aunt May. Mary Jane is still being pissy. As they're leaving, uh, the
1: saddest Captain America (laughs) walks by out front of the hospital wordlessly, and like, clearly, something else happened other than the death of the monster. Like, Captain America's cat died. And Peter thinks to himself as he's walking by, Man, it must be great to be that sad, sad Captain America. We already know some of the shit that's...
0: Because Sharon's pissed at him. Yeah. Falcon has been brainwashed. Again. Uh, So Falcon is back with S.H.I.E.L.D. Trying to get his brain right. S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't Um, really
1: like him either. Yeah. Uh, And he's being written by Jack Kirby. It's all... It's all just bad it, news. It's not great. Um, um, <laughs> but he sees what is clearly the saddest Captain America on the planet and thinks to himself. I man, I wish I was like him. He's got it all taken he's got it all figured out. He's got he's got his one responsibility, Captain America. I wish that's great. And it's like read any body language, Peter you weirdo. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, uh,
0: this issue is fine. Like I said, I don't like the way Bad Rock comes across.
1: That's the most disappointing thing. Everything else is okay.
0: Everything else is a fairly standard standalone team up issue. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Bad Rock here is. I realize that in in comics, especially comics that have been going. For eighty goddamn years, you cannot count on basic characterization to any great degree. You know, yeah. Um, and that's fine, but like, damn! Like, if if somebody, you cannot you cannot have a character who has a code of honor, who's a mercenary, but who doesn't go looking for shit. Uh, then just be like, I'm a beat up an old man for no reason other than because I'm Batrock the goddamn leaper. And it's just like
1: No. Um No, I, I especially when he hasn't been around that long at this point. Yeah. It's only been well, I guess he was a fairly early Captain America villain, but even in there, it was like I'm paid to do this. Once the money's gone, I don't give a shit. Um his yeah. It sucks. Oh well. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and like I said, I mean, he is—he is morally flexible. There's no denying that. Sure. Uh, he will kill if he is paid to kill, but he's not—he's not a sadist. He doesn't—he doesn't enjoy beating the shit out of people just to beat the shit out of people. He beats the shit out of people because that's his job. Like, because <laughs> he's good
1: at it and he's getting paid. Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, so amazing spider-man number 163 uh, is written by Len Wein, penciled by Ross Andrew inked by Mike Esposito colored by Glennis Wein, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Peter is riding a, on top of a bus uh, back to back to civilization uh, when he sees when he sees a helicopter and I'm kind of... So I'm kind of impressed with Peter here in that he sees it and he's like, huh, that doesn't have any FAA markings. Whereas, like, I'm aware of FAA markings. I'm aware that they exist and that things are supposed to have them. But if I saw a a, a helicopter without them, I wouldn't be like, Oh, that has no FAA markings. I'd just be like, "Oh, look, a helicopter." <laughs> yeah, uh, but so he goes to investigate. At which point, it goes and picks up a truck um, because you can't be out here without FAA markings. But that you're up to shit. Uh, so he he intervenes and he fights a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of uh, dudes in a uniform he recognizes. From uh, earlier in the run and uh, but they in the course of this fight, they cut a they cut through the doors of the truck and get hold of what they want at which point they're just like, okay, bombs away and they let the truck go uh, fortunately, if if you're concerned, the drivers of the truck had gotten out when the truck was grabbed so. But uh, I
1: was concerned.
0: Yeah, they... And I had, they, to look, I had to go back and look. When they realized the truck was being stolen, they hopped out. Uh, so Spidey is on the truck, and he falls along with it. So he creates a web ball and uh, bounces away. But uh, the kingpin who's watching is just like, if it, anything had happened to him, you'd have been in a serious load of trouble to one of his underlings which is odd because why does the kingpin give a shit what happens to spider-man well just wait and see listener uh it's
1: not stupid at all
0: so peter heads back to his apartment and as we discussed they throw a party for him to furnish his apartment wherein uh everybody brings something they don't use anymore yeah so they furnish his uh they furnish his apartment and In the finest of uh, thrift store chic, he has a big wooden Indian. Uh, He has four toasters and a whole two of them work. Uh, Stuff like that. But Mary Jane is there with Flash. Peter's just like, bleh. And so kind of just goes off to be by himself. Robbie finds him in the kitchen and starts to give him some advice. At which point Peter's just like, fuck this. And... Goes upstairs to the roof. While he's there, somebody comes out the door, uh, and he's just like, "Oh, maybe Mary Jane realized I wasn't there." Nope, sorry, Peter. It's uh, Liz Allen and Harry Osborne up there uh, fucking and yeah. Uh, smooch. Yeah, so
1: and they uh, are so into each other that they didn't even notice you were there. Yeah,
0: so. So he, Peter, pisses off. Like yeah. Peter's just like I, I gotta go.
1: <laughs> he is completely fine to leave his friends in his own apartment unattended. Which you know, like I mean, for he, having a
0: secret identity, right? People are allowed to come and go from his apartment a lot,
1: completely unrestricted.
0: Uh, but anyway, so he goes out and he's like looking for leads. On all of this shit that's going on and he he finds he finds some stuff that leads him to this building but oh wouldn't you know that was all like Kingpin left him a trail to follow um, he gets there the uh, metal door slams shut it's Kingpin and all his men at which point Kingpin's just like I'm gonna wreck your shit myself uh, starts knocking him around and they have, they you know, it's it's a fairly standard Kingpin v. Spider-Man moment in that there's a whole lot of oh he's a lot faster than I expected I should I really ought to remember that and then like them squaring off muscle wise all of this finally Kingpin gases him he wakes up on a table uh, on the table next to him is Kingpin's son. Richard Fisk, uh, who had last we saw, uh, been fucking with Hydra yeah, uh, and seemingly died as a result, but it turns out was just left in a coma. So, uh, Kingpin tells Spider-Man that his plan is to use Spider-Man to bring Richard back to life. Amazing Spider-Man number 164 is uh, lettered by Joe Rosen and John Costanza. Uh, Kingpin kind of fills in like a lot of the, you know, Hydra nearly killed, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they put him immediately
1: then. into cryogenic stasis after they found him. Yeah, because he but would he's, he's
0: dying. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So... Kingpin's just like, I'm going to transfer your vitality to him. At which point, Vanessa Fisk pops in and she's just like, You don't have to do this, Wilson. And he's like, I do. He's my son. And she's like, Yes, but what would Richard want? Would Richard want to come back at the expense of another man's life? And Wilson's like, Doesn't matter. This is what we're doing. Uh, so I actually
1: he... don't care. So, so she's
0: like, Okay. I did my best. And so Kingpin flips a switch. We get the big transfer. And uh, Richard comes to. And
1: he's like, what's going
0: on? Blah, blah,
1: blah. Um, Vanessa's like, come with me. We'll, I'll explain it. And I'll, it'll be okay. And Wilson's like, but what about me? I just no." Um, he has himself a pout. Spider-Man, he releases Spider-Man from the chair, or the table, whatever, and, uh, is like, okay, cool, thanks. And Spider-Man's like, I'm gonna punch you. And he's like, no, you're not, and slaps him. Spider-Man falls down, and he goes, alright, goons, take Spider-Man away. Yeah. Uh, I really don't care what you do with him, just dump him out of sight. And, uh... So they do that, uh, luckily he comes to, almost gets hit by a truck, uh, but manages to drag his way home and he feels like absolute shit. Oh, the one thing I thought was kind of cool about the Vita Ray, Vitality switcher thing, is that the reason he feels like shit is because they basically... They sucked all the vitality out of him up until... Up to the point that Richard needed to live. Which basically meant they swapped places. And now... So now Spidey's gonna die. He had... uh, Richard had about two hours to live before they put him on... uh, Or six hours to live before they put him on ice. So now that's the amount of time he's got.
0: Right. So Peter gets home and puts on some clothing. At which point Glory comes over... And she's like, oh, shit, you are sick. And he's like, ah, yeah, a bit. And uh, so she, you know, puts him on the couch and covers him up. He gets up and goes to pay a visit to Doc Connors. Once there, they start trying everything they can to sort of, you know, arrest what's happened. And so Connors puts him on the... Puts him in this uh, machine that will, you know, sort of restore his vitality somewhat. Uh, in the course of things, the machine explodes. And from this point forward, Connor starts acting hinky. Yeah.
1: He's... Uh,
0: so I'm guessing we're going to see a, a, another appearance by the lizard here soon. Uh, Or, you know, he may just be like, oh, that sucked. And then fine. Uh, But so the vitality, the vitality restoration machine does a bit. It keeps it. It's keeping him
1: alive longer. But. uh, And it made it so. He's still dying, but he doesn't feel like shit. Is this, yeah, is the he doesn't way that feel I'm as ready. shitty. Yeah.
0: Uh, but in the process, Doc Connors also modifies this device he has to allow Spider-Man to basically shoot Richard Fisk with it and take back the vitality that was stolen from him. So, uh, the... Uh, Spider-Man heads out and finds Fisk, the Fisk family uh, just out for a stroll at the docks uh, with a bunch of henchmen. Uh, he, he climbs in close and manages to get a shot off. He attaches the sucker to uh, Richard and manages to draw back what was stolen. So... Fisk starts coming at yeah. Spider-Man like hardcore. Like this he, uh, we are
1: not playing around. The plan is murder.
0: Yeah, he is going to rip Spider-Man apart with his bare hands. So they're climbing the scaffolding of this crane, uh, during the course of which, uh, you know, Fisk gets hit with a hook, uh, and all of this shit. But um, Peter. Web's Fisk's foot, um, and then the hook comes swinging back. Uh, Fisk tries to move, can't because he's webbed into place. The um, he is knocked off. Manages to grab hold of the wooden structure. Spider Man tries to help him, uh, but Fisk is like, "Fuck you." And brings the whole thing down with it. Uh so he and Spider Man go into the water. Spider Man comes back up. The goons are just like, You're gonna pay for that. And Vanessa Fisk is just like, no. She's like, I have my um the uh, uh it Richard is no longer dying. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's still in kind of bad shape so she's just like i you know i have my son back thanks to you uh so we're square uh bye and uh yeah
1: but if you have any if you have two brain cells to rub together i will not see you again and he's like okay yeah Uh, uh I actually the last panel here is the car driving away and Spider-Man just sorta of standing there and I'm like, Yeah, Peter, big same. I don't uh I don't really know what's going on either. Like that was real weird. And his body language is just like, what just happened?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um Spectacular Spider-Man number two is uh, written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Sal Bushima, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Don Warfield, and lettered by, lettered by Joe Rosen. Um, Spider Man hop, hops a ride on a tugboat to get back to whatever. I don't care. Uh, he goes back to Dr. Connors and he's like, hey, thanks, that really did the trick. And Connors is like, cool. Cool. Glad to help. I feel like shit. I'm going to go lay down. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> and uh, Spidey's like, okay, bye. Um, so then a limo pulls up outside a, outside a home, outside of a, I mean, it's a, anywhere else it would just be a house, but I mean, it's New York, so it's automatically a mansion just because it's a house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um so it pulls up and a dude with two tigers gets out. It's Craven. He's attacked by tarantula, and he and Tarantula do not get along there, but it they are stopped by their mysterious employer, uh, who's just like, knock it off. Tarantula, Craven's gonna be helping you out. And uh Craven's like, yeah, whatever. Uh So the plan now is to kidnap the, uh, the chancellor of NYU. Um, and so Spider-Man swinging around, he stops by to visit Aunt May. Anna Watson comes in and she's like, the weird thing here is that, um, Aunt May's living in an apartment. It seems like, and I'm like, did she lose the house? Did I... what? Yeah, I don't know. I forgot about that. It, there's a whole lot. It's been a while. I don't know. Maybe in all of the auto Octavia stuff, whatever. Um, so he stops by to check on Aunt May. Anna Watson arrives, and she's just like, "Oh, you're such a nice young man, Peter." And he's like, well, maybe if you could talk to your niece about that. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, forget it. Uh, And uh, he's like, you'd have to ask MJ. Like, I don't know. Um, So he, uh, the Tarantula and Craven go after Gorman. Uh, in the course of things, they're on the roof and a security guard gets knocked into the air conditioner, which, which sets the air conditioning off in the middle of October, apparently. Uh, so then Tarantula and Craven make their way inside and they're deali- they grab the, uh, the, um, Chancellor who is too roly poly to get away. Um and so the guards try to stop them, but then Craven's two tigers are just like raw, and the guys are like, oh shit. Um the So we switch to Peter who takes Glory to the bugle. Um because Jonah is, of course, following the uh the exit of Betty Brand. He just cannot keep a uh, he cannot keep an assistant, so they bring Glory in, uh, and Joe's like, "Well, he actually already found someone." At which point, she comes running from the office crying, and uh, so Glory goes inside, and she and Jonah hit it off. Jonah's like talking about giving, uh, Peter, maybe getting a bonus at some nebulous point in the future, uh, because he brought glory to see him, uh, all of this shit, but whatever. Uh, so then because of the nearby television, uh, Peter gets wind of what's going on with
1: this Gorman guy. Um, (sighs) Peter shows up at the. He shows up at the university and is immediately beset by Craven and the Tigers because Craven, after they got Gorman to wherever they were taking him, well, Craven didn't even take.
0: Tarantula took Gorman on to their employer while Craven hung back, hoping to have a run in with Spider Man. Right. Um, well,
1: so he does. One of the Tigers tr- jumps to attack Spider Man. Spider Man dodges out of the way and also moves the tiger a little and it immediately falls... er, it falls into a tiger trap uh, that apparently Craven had enough time to set up, which I don't believe you. Anyway, the other tiger attacks as well, so does Craven. everybody's fighting. Uh, the other tiger gets caught in a net Craven, Craven gets up behind Spider-Man, puts him in a bear hug, and is uh, trying to crush him. When Spider-Man's like, "You know what? Bye," and he just leaves. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> this. Oh no he he pieces out, and Craven goes after him. Yeah. Because he doesn't like being in the park with the wide open spaces is too much. Like Craven's like element. Yeah. So he's like, I gotta go. So he, he, he takes off
0: for, uh, for, uh, somewhere a little more urban, yeah. uh, at which point, uh, which is, that that's probably the only use of the word urban in that sort of context that doesn't just mean black. Yeah. Um, but he, uh he beats it at which point we switch to tarantula who brings Gorman to uh their employer tarantula is like okay I'll take my money now thank you and he's just like you know he's thinking about how he recognizes their employer like he knows who their employer is um uh no sooner is he thinking that, like, maybe somebody might pay for that information. Then the briefcase explodes with gas. uh, And the mysterious employer is just like, well, you know a little too much, so I couldn't just let you leave. Whatever. So, Craven follows Spider-Man. They have their showdown on top of a marquee. A bunch of people are watching and all think it's some sort of publicity stunt. Uh, but Craven has Spider Man on his back on the edge of the marquee, goes to bring down his knife. Spider Man rolls out of the way. Craven's knife de- uh, stabs into the sign, which electrocutes him. And uh, Spider Man's just like, well. Sucks to be you, bro.
1: Not only Uh, electrocutes him, he then falls off of it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, he's dead. Anyway, uh, he, he calls an ambulance and, uh, goes home. Yeah. Uh,
0: so then we come to spider Spectacular Spider-Man number three, um, which then uh, was written by Jim Shooter and Jerry Conway and colored by Glennis Ween. Um, Spider-Man is out uh, trying to track down what happened to Gorman, uh, Tarantula, et, et al. Uh, when he sees some punks bothering some old immigrant dude. So he steps in. Saves the guy and, uh, you know, takes off. The The guy is initially, like, afraid. And Spider-Man's like, it's okay, I'm not going to hurt you. And he's like, no, no hurt? And he's like, nope. Uh, anyway, bye. And uh, at that point, somebody comes running up and they're just like, Oh, it's a good thing I showed up when I did. That horrible Spider-Man would have done terrible things to you. And the old man's like, "No, he's a good, he's a good man." And uh, Spider-Man is just like, "Well, now everybody hates me even more, whatever." And it's just like, "Oh, shut up!" Uh, <laughs> but Tarantula comes to and is now tied up uh, next to. Chancellor Gorman, but he uses his pointy shoes to, uh, cut the ropes and is about to escape when he is suddenly waylaid by the Lightmaster, uh, who he identifies as his previous employer. Uh, but Lightmaster blasts him and, uh, is like, you know, uh, oh, you're awake, Gorman, whatever, who cares, blah. Uh, But yeah, Lightmaster is now out to finish this stuff up himself since apparently his underlings just cannot be trusted to do it. Uh, Spider-Man gets home and gets into his apartment, realizes that Flash Thompson and Glory are uh, there and listening to music. So he... I kind of like this. He he crawls along the ceiling uh, and um, gets into his bedroom. Apparently, Flash and Glory just do not... It's like they're going to come into his house and listen to his records full blast to try and wake him up. But nobody's going to go in and actually disturb him in his bedroom. But uh, so he, he gets inside... Then he puts on a robe, comes out and he's just like, oh, have you guys have been here? And uh, they're just like, like a while, like you were out, bro. <sighs> so uh, they invited, uh, they invite him out for dinner. Uh, they go to check out this new place and they get there when Flash is just like, oh my God, Shashan? Uh goes running up to her. And, uh, so the last, it's been a while since we saw, so Flash, when Flash was in Vietnam, Shawshan rescued him, uh, at one point And, uh, yeah. So she's now in New York and she's like, no, no, please. Uh, the owner of the place is just like, why don't you get lost and stop accosting my waitresses? Uh, and so, um, the, they all are just like, okay, well, we were going to leave anyway, I guess. So they get outside and Peter and Glory are just like, hey, do you want to talk about it? And he's like, no, I just kind of want to go for a walk. And so they're like, okay. And then Peter's just like, Well, gotta go.
1: (laughs) It's really weird. He's like, oh, I just... I have to run, too. I just remembered something. We'll uh, talk later. Okay. Bye. And Glory's just standing there like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Guys, we were gonna get food. I'm still hungry.
0: Yeah. So, Peter... Uh... Peter had saw... Had seen... Had sawn a fl- A flash of light in the windows of City Hall. So he goes to investigate. And it's then that he finds the Lightmaster. Lightmaster... He and Lightmaster fight. Lightmaster, it turns out, is able to project solid light... Uh... Constructs. Yep. He's like a piss yellow green lantern. Yep. Um... And so Peter tries to uh, fight him. Doesn't work out. He winds up slightly blinded, uh, and the light master escapes. Peter tries to attach a um, a tracker, but it just bounces off. Uh, and so <laughs> he's like hanging onto this ledge and just kind of trying to regain himself. And all these people down below are like, jump! Jump, you piece of shit! (laughs) Jump! And he's like, thanks, New York. Fuck you, too. Uh, But so he goes to... um, He goes to... uh, The Bugle. And... uh, Robbie is just like, what's with the sunglasses? And Peter's like, uh you know, stuff, just long night, my eyes are really hurting, and Robbie knows, Robbie knows he's Spider-Man, he has to, come on, anyway, so they start looking through, um, Peter basically explains that he thinks like all of these events with all of these various city officials are connected, and he's like, "I don't even know where to start looking." And Robbie's like, "Well, let's go through our files and see what
1: connects these I, men." I am the city editor, and this is kind of what I do, so I can help you at least. I can pull the right files for you to look at. Yeah. And Peter's like, "Cool." So they go to, a, you know, the file room. And uh that's what it says on the door. I just realized it. So they go to the file room. Uh he starts he pulls a folder and uh he hands it to Peter. Peter takes one look at it and is like, Oh shit, yeah, I got it. And Robbie's like, You looked at one file, man. And he's You looked like, at one page of one file. And he goes, Are you are you sure? And he's like, yeah. Yep, I got gotta go. Bye. Uh so he goes to The townhouse in Gramercy Park that we've been seeing throughout all of this breaks in as Spider-Man and uh, confronts Dr. Lansky Max is an idiot Um, basically and tells Lansky that he's figured out why he's been doing all of this which is to take over the school administration so that he can run it better and also the attack on the mayor was to Loosen some of the bureaucracy that was costing, or causing the school to lose funding. Yeah. Um, from the city. Alright, great. They have a fight. Um, and he gets... But Spider-Man lures him outside, because he doesn't want to have a fight with a dude that can project light in close quarters. Um... But yeah, they zip around and basically try to... Spider-Man knows he can't, like, win physically, so he's really trying to come up with an idea. He runs into a movie theater and pulls an electro, um, and so he stands in front of the movie theater's, like, power junction box and uh, waits for... Uh, waits, for, waits for Lightmaster to blast at him and he when he does, he hits he dodges, the Lightmaster <laughs> hits the junction box instead and is electrocuted. So Yeah. yeah there you go. And it like is Like I said, it's it's an electro. So it's a this is how you defeat Electra.
0: Yeah. So Overall, like I said, I I knew I knew from the get go it had to be Lansky, but uh overall, meh. Like that storyline was fine, but it not. It was
1: a. It was
0: a long walk. It was a long walk for not a whole lot of. Uh, nothing. Nothing was really. M- I'm okay, with a slightly shitty. Spider-Man story, as long as there's progress on the Peter front. This had neither. It was a kind of shitty Spider-Man story, while Peter just kind of treaded
1: water. Yeah, Peter the Peter as a person sort of, of just faffed about. He didn't really... Like... Nothing really changed. It was just
0: there was a, they didn't not, move the needle with him at all.
1: Yeah, I let it's he and Mary Jane are sort of fighting still. Yeah, Mary Jane is kind of dating Flash. Yeah, sort of.
0: Like Flash had a moment where something happened to him, but that's
1: really about it. Oh, I yeah. you know, Lori got a job. We're gonna be seeing her more at the Bugle. I guess. Woohoo! I wasn't really invested. So...
0: Next we get Marvel Spotlight number 32, uh, which is written by Archie Goodwin, penciled by Sal Bishima, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Janice Cohen, lettered by Irving Watanabe. Um, Fury... Nick Fury is at a base in the Riviera uh, when there is a... There is a woman in a spider costume uh, who makes starts trying to make her way inside, uh, and she she gets inside. Fury is having, shall we say, an energetic interrogation with this Hydra agent named Jared. Uh, over the course of this, we kind of we kind of skip back and forth a little bit Um, because so Spider-Woman she is not called Spider-Woman in this she's called it on the cover and in the title of the comic but in the in the uh, actual issue she's only ever referred to as Agent Arachne Um, Spider-Woman though uh, bursts in the door and uh, has a has a showdown with Fury. It's then that we kind of rewind and find out that she is amnesiac. She remembers having been attacked by some townsfolk. Um, then she was found by Hydra, who brought her under the brought her under their umbrella, uh, trained her. Uh, she fell in love with this dude, Jared. He was then captured by F- S.H.I.E.L.D. And Hydra's like, well, you can go and infiltrate S.H.I.E.L.D. and murder Fury and we'll be good. Uh, so she goes after she goes after Fury. They have a little back and forth, zap, zap, whatever. Uh, she comes in close. So she has the Venom Blast. But basically, if she touches someone... Uh, Directly, while doing a Venom Blast, she can out and out kill them. She goes to do this to Fury. He lobs Jared over his shoulder so that he winds up between them as she's doing it. She zaps Jared. Um, it is at that point that, um, she grabs Fury and she, there's like, um, there is video on this monitor behind him of Jared, you know, being a hydra agent, like he's being a dick and uh threatening innocent people and uh she's just like, "What what is going on?" and Jared reveals as he's dying that he was he was made to romance her by the supreme leader of Hydra. Uh, in order to draw her in further, and then allowed himself to be captured, so that they could point Spider Woman at Fury. Uh, so she she is heartbroken, and uh, well, also
1: he uh, finds her uh, repulsive.
0: Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> so she is heartbroken and uh, leaves. Goes and gets in the jet that Hydra had sent her in. Uh, and points it back the Hydra base uh, before bailing out. Um,
1: I absolutely love how how much that says about her as a character immediately. Yeah, like she finds out some like it's so just just economy of storytelling because it says so much that it, upon learning out that her entire. Current personality is a lie. Her yeah. first move is, fuck you, I'm dropping a jet on your house. Yeah. Like, that is baller. Yeah. Um, even though she... Yeah, that's she's fantastic.
0: Yeah, so she starts tearing through the Hydra agents and manages to get to uh, Vermis, the guy who's leading this... This cell. This cell of Hydra. Um, she, she squares off against him, and he he promises to reveal to her what she does not know about herself. Uh, it turns out that when, when Hydra first took her in, they tried to do, like, a psychic probe. And in doing so, uh, found out about her origins... Uh, but lied and said they hadn't been able to. Uh, It turns out that she is actually one of the high evolutionaries' new men. Uh, She was a spider who was hyper-evolved into a woman uh, that she was rejected by the other new men, uh, I guess, for being
1: too hot. Uh, Yeah, actually, it's because it's the first time high evolutionary has ever done this usually the new men have their anthropomorphized animals right? right and they've never done it where or high evolutionary has never done it where he ta- elevates someone past their bestial state so they're all like fuck you you got special treatment um and she's ostracized which she just Runs from the High Evolutionary's uh, palace lab and into this town. She falls in love and uh, she down a town falls in love with one of the townspeople and uh, accidentally kills him with her powers. Uh, They find out, and that's why she's run. Um, At that point, the Auto Vermis Hydra agent uh, drops a pellet of gas on her so that she can he can get away in her in his escape jet. She gets up <laughs> again. This is badass because she's like, you know what? Fuck you. She leaps up, jumps up top of the jet, uh, grabs the tail fin, and just twists it yeah. until the thing flies itself into the side of a fucking mountain. Yeah. Um, at that point, which she can fly, or glide, and uh, she drops away um, from the crash. Cur- uh, Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. are mopping up what's left of the Hydra agents back at the castle. She descends in the Saurus into the, the nearby forest and proceeds to sad walk, sad hulk her way o- into the evening. Right. Sad, and sad Hulk, sad Hulk her way into the sunset. Yes. Yeah.
0: So Spider-Woman, uh, this, is, this is one of those things that is so fucking all over the place. Uh, uh, so, yeah.
1: I don't know much about Spider-Woman, but I know I was excited to read the origin. And then as soon as we got into it, I was, or as soon as I got into it, I was like, oh, yeah. Spider-Woman's backstory is like canonically Fucked, fucked up. Well, the
0: thing is, this origin does not last long. Yeah. This gets once she gets her own book, they retcon it. Yeah. Um and the thing is, this was supposed to be Wolverine's origin. So oh. <laughs> yeah. Because if you read the early issues of X-Men, there's talk about how Wolverine may or may not be
1: a mutant. And so... And that's what's fucked up about his memory, too, is that, like, you didn't exist until recently. Yeah, it's
0: all... all So, Wolverine was originally going to be a teenager. And it was only, like, supposedly it was only when they actually drew him with his mask off that he became an older dude. Wolverine as he appeared originally was only going to be not much older than the other X-Men. Uh but then yeah, they they decided to design what he would look like, and actually one of the one of the designs that I think it was John Byrne did for Wolverine without his mask wound up becoming Sabretooth. But it's a it's a whole The point is Wolverine was not finalized by any stretch of the imagination when he appeared. Uh, And so he was originally one of the things they were looking at was originally that he was going to be an elevated Wolverine created by the high evolutionary. Uh, That wound up being used for Spider-Woman. And then then they're just like, no, this is really dumb. We do not need to do this. And uh, so that's how we wound up with her parents were... She was sick, and her parents tried to save her, and blah, blah, blah. She was
1: sick, and her parents tried to save
0: her, so they took her to the High Evolutionary. And there there was a spider, and they, like, infused her with whatever. And it's a whole... It's a whole thing... Um
1: that's this is why your modern Spider-Woman, your more your more recent Spider-Woman things generally just is like, no, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Uh she's a spy now. And she does very Black Widowy kind of things, but she's not Black Widow. Yeah. It's
0: it's a whole thing.
1: Um so then we get a run of Thor.
0: Yeah, uh, I will. I will say this issue, in and of itself, other than the wonky origin, is really cool. It's, I really, yeah, lo- no, I really like this issue. I um, definitely
1: like the fact, like that I said earlier, that she it does a, just a shitload of work on a character really fast. Yeah, because even if they they decide to trash the um, high evolutionary. Um, origin, they keep that sort of ruthless isn't the right word, de- well okay decisiveness of, decisiveness of, is of good. the character um, yeah. she just like, oh that's fucked up dropping a jet on your house Like yeah. I don't care if you're the only people I've ever known, yeah. really that weren't chasing me with a pitchfork I, you clearly have been manipulating me, fuck you drop a jet on your castle Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I'm glad that they do seem to keep that kind of thing for her.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So, uh, Thor,
0: number 251, is uh, written by Len Wein, penciled by John Bishima, inked by Tony DeZuniga, uh colored by Glynis Ween, and lettered by Pat Condoy. You nailed uh, it.
1: The Zuniga, you nailed yeah. it.
0: I I've been working on that. <laughs> were all you week. practicing? Uh, yes, yes. <sighs> that is basically all I did with my week. Um, Sweet. So yeah, we're back with Thor, and Odin is still missing. Hooray! Hooray! Uh so Thor is being all sulky, and Sif comes, and she's just like, "Hey, is this a bad time?" And he's like, "No, no, I'm just, I'm brooding," and she's like. I, I understand that things are really hard because I'm not Jane Foster. Uh, and he's like, no, no, look, look, it's not, no, it's not you, it's me, and so on. So, yeah. I do actually um,
1: like the part where she's like, I understand if you're not really excited because I'm not James, Jane Foster. And he's like, actually, no, this whole thing is fine. Like, You and Jane are basically the same person now. So I'm okay with that. Uh, It's... the And I like that we just get past that. Yeah. Real fast. Like, we don't have to fucking do this. Which is just, okay, Thor would act that way. Um, And then he's just like, well, it's actually just... It's the fact that Dad's not here to take care of, you know, the realm eternal. And... uh, Oh... Well, okay, have you tried talking to the vizier? He's already looking into it, but he hasn't found anything yet. Well, let's go ask him again. Yeah. Okay, then go ask him again. So... And the vizier's the, like, I haven't yeah. found shit. The vizier
0: is just like, I've looked everywhere I can think to look, and so far have not had any luck. And uh, Thor's just like, okay, well, where haven't you checked? And the vizier's just like, well, I cannot look into the realm of death. Um... And that's Hella's.
1: That's Hella's domain, and she gets a little pissy when you start going when you start poking around.
0: Yeah, and so Thor's just like, well, then I guess I gotta pay a visit to. Is it Niflheim? Uh, Valhalla. Well, I mean, the realm of the dead is. I think it's either Niflheim or, I think it's Niflheim, and then Valhalla is like a. a oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so. Everybody, we do the standard, like, Thor goes on to, on an adventure thing, which is the Warriors Three are just like, well, you have my sword and my mace and my fat ass. And he's just like, no, no, it's okay. I need to do this alone.
1: I have to go alone. And they were like, I didn't really want to go to the land of the dead anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, it's really at this point, it's just, I have to say that, you know. So he rides he rides into he rides into the realm of the dead, and uh he's talking to his horse the whole way, <laughs> which is only bad news for the horse um because he's yeah, that like that's what he's using as our our narrative device here to like to tell us where where we are, what we're doing, what the what the landscape feels like as he keeps talking about his brave or talking to his brave steed. Immediately upon crossing the golden bridge into Valhalla, the steed fucking dies. Yeah. Because it's not supposed to be there. Yeah. And so
0: uh he is he uh makes the makes his way the last few feet on uh on foot when he is he is welcomed by the uh The Warriors of Valhalla and the first and foremost among them is uh Hurricane uh and it's it's been a minute since Hurricane uh
1: showed up he uh I did not remember him and I'm not sure I was I read those books with I don't think I was with uh because I think I started at, like, 164.
0: Yeah, he may have been before you started with
1: us. And Well, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then I looked back and it was like, Thor 129 through 130. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, but yeah,
0: he now, he now is, like, at the forefront of the men of Asgard. And so... Uh, he's like, so, you have finally joined us here in Valhalla. And Thor's and Thor is like, well, no, see, the thing about it is, and Harokins just like, I am sure that whatever it was that killed the mighty Thor, it was a mighty battle indeed. And Thor's just like, well, no, the thing is, I'm actually, I'm not dead. And I'm not I'm just, I'm just
1: here to make sure that Odin's
0: not here. And, and Harrokin's just like, but no, you you're in Valhalla, bro. Like you you're dead. And Thor's like, No, no, I'm not. And Harrokin's like
1: I don't care. Well We're No, gonna... you're
0: joining the Legions of Valhalla. And Thor's just like, Oh god damn it. So the this whole fight begins. Uh, wherein Haroken is trying to, uh, is like, well, one way or the other, you're joining the legions of Valhalla, and Thor's just like, no, I can't, I'm looking for Odin. He thinks he spies Odin looking down on the battle from this higher vantage point. Uh, there is a brief thing where, like... Uh, Carnilla and Balder are talking. Oh, and Balder's yeah. just like, your pardon, things are done. Why are you still here? And she's like, oh, so you're in such a rush for me to leave. And he's just like, well, I mean. No. No. <laughs> you're big joke. Just, like, just fuck already. More. God. You're big dope. Just, just go to town on each other. And then, like, either you'll be like, "Yes, this is something," or no, it's not. And either way, you can move forward. But uh, but yeah, so they 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 wind up using uh, the the brave noble warriors of Valhalla decide to cheat and use
1: a giant. It's basically like,, uh, it's a ballista. Yeah. Only turned the right way. And instead of the, like, spear it would be shooting, it's got a blunt end on the front of it. Yeah. And they hit Thor in the back with it, who, you know, and he goes, he goes down. Yeah. Um, But he's, and they think they've killed it, which you're, you guys are in for a world of hurt. We jump back to vizier and sif who are like hey sif's like any word about you know thor in the land of the dead and he's like no but you know that might be okay (laughs) like we haven't heard anything then that might be good too it's basic will i lose my love forever blah 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 yeah thor wait thor is playing dead at this point to try and like suss out who all is around him he gets up and is like you son of a bitch i cannot believe you hit me in the back and he just wrecks everybody that's there hella arrives on the scene she's clearly been sauntering she th- this is this is a woman who was taking her time getting here and she's like all right everybody stop and everybody does because she's ruler of this whole realm and thor's like he's like she's like thor what the hell are you doing here and he's like i'm looking for odin is he here all right i'm looking for odin is he here and he was like no and he's like liar i saw someone up on the mountain behind you and he's like she's like fine i'm telling you the truth but go look for yourself if it'll if that's the one it'll take and he, he's like it will blah so he goes up the side and sees that it isn't thor or it isn't odin it's grumbar gray-haired grumbar yeah Ooh, whoa the, i don't know this guy
0: the thing about it is so this is one of those you got to give him you got to give him credit um that that um <clears throat> this is apparently someone who is mentioned in passing uh in Norse mythology, uh Grombar the Aged. Uh but this is his first appearance in uh in Thor. Um and yeah he he's he's not a he's not a major figure as far as i can tell whatsoever he's just he's a he's listed among some people uh, but yeah so at the end of this thor is very disappointed and he's just like okay well thanks and hela's like yeah bye
1: and actually uh, i think i feel like hela's pretty cool in this hella like, is very she's
0: like she's you're, very you're welcome
1: to leave blah blah
0: blah i so Harkin comes up afterward and he's just kind of like what what are you doing you've been after thor's soul for like so long like why would you just let him stroll out of here and hella is just like when i when i come for thor's soul and when i get it it will be on my own circumstance or on, on, on my own, uh, terms.
1: Fuck. Uh, and, and the Harkin's like, Harokin is like, eh, hey, this seems, uh, very merciful. And he's like, is like, oh no, where he's going, we don't need roads. No, <laughs> where he's going, it's going to be incredibly torment, tormentful, and that's not a word, I made that up. And uh, it's, it's gonna get real bad. I don't, I am not envious of him right yeah. now. Uh, oh. Ooh. Uh, yeah.
0: So then we have uh, Nova number four is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Sal Bushima inked by tom palmer colored by michelle wolfman and lettered by irving watanabe and denise wall uh nova is uh flying to school he's running late because he sucks um and uh he is he has some math test gets uh gets close to school sees ginger walking and is about to be hit by a bus so he saves her, and then rockets on to school, changes, and... Uh, he is late anyway. Is late. Not as late as he otherwise might have been, I guess, maybe. Yeah. But still late. So he sits down and uh, does his test. Um, meanwhile, Thor is uh, is headed to Avengers Mansion. It is explained at this point that he's just like... Might as well check in with the Avengers. Let them know what's going on, as far as my thing, and see if maybe they've heard anything. Well, might...
1: yeah, and also he's like, if I'm going to be tracking my father to the ends of the universe, uh, I should probably let them know that I might not be around.
0: Well, of course, he's al- he's already on hiatus from the Avengers. Yeah, anyway. but it,
1: so. he's he's on hiatus, but he base he left instruction that like. If you need me, just call. Yeah, This is, I will be gone if you call. (laughs) Yeah, true enough. So he notices a
0: burning building and goes to uh, help when this weird dude with like, I mean, he's got comic book black skin. Which is to say, his skin is legitimately like black. He, he, uh, it, it's hard to tell sometimes in comics whether somebody is supposed to have out and out black skin or if they're navy blue and their shadows. But I, like this dude is not African American. He is straight up black skinned, uh, who leaps out and latches onto Thor, uh, and he, he refers to himself as the, as the Corrupter, uh, but he drives Thor mad, um, and so Thor takes off from there and proceeds to just be like, fuck everything! Um, meanwhile, Rich and Ginger are at Uncle Fudges, and I like Bernie here, Bernie is just like, Bernie is arguing with Uncle Fudge uh, because he bought a banana split Sunday, But he's like, where's the banana? Feel free to look through this and show (laughs) me where any banana is. Come on, Uncle Fudge. Like, what are you? And they walk in and Rich is like, hey, what's going on? And Bernie's like, this man, this man is claiming that there is banana in this split. But all all I can say is, the banana has most assuredly split. And uh, Rich is just like, yeah, well, don't let him rip you off. And Bernie's like, oh, don't you worry. Uh, But while they're there, Mike is being an asshole. Because. Because he's Mike. And oh,
1: and then we'll out get, of nowhere, we get a little bit of character development well, for yeah, Mike.
0: We, we get a little we get a little because you know he's being a shithead to Rich because he's just like, "What'd you get on your math test, huh? You, <laughs> you mediocre piece <laughs> of
1: shit." And Rich is just like, "Whatever, man. <laughs> man, and so, you don't gotta. Why well, you gotta be busted by his girlfriend? Actually, to Mike's girlfriend who has a name." Uh, turns to him and is like... I am sure she does. (laughs) I could not... Uh, Donna. Donna. Found it. it. Donna. Uh, he's like, why you gotta be a dick to him? Like, all the time. And he's like, you're too good to pick on him. And he's like, too good? Yeah, that's what everybody... I'm so good. I'm good at sports and I'm good at my classes and everybody expects me to be so good. This is my one way, one place where I can let out a little. And it's like... Oh shit! you have a shitty home life, don't you yeah your dad definitely beats you uh if he doesn't currently he definitely
0: has in the past yeah um or his mom it could be his mom'm uh, uh,
1: I'm, I'm guessing um emotional and verbal manipulation from her or abuse
0: yeah my my guess is dad is living vicariously through him ah uh, so uh but anyway so They are. This is interrupted by Bernie saying, you know, I haven't seen Caps for a while. I'm kind of starting to worry about him. And, like, yeah, we should. We need to check on him. And so they agree that they're going to go over and do so. Uh, On the way. On the one hand, I get that this is to move the story along. Like, this is. This is. Very much just to bring Richard to where he needs to be, but Richard is kind of a dick here because he sees Thor flying overhead and he's like, "I want to meet Thor. Uh, I'll catch up with you guys later." And they're like, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna go meet Thor," <laughs> and uh, but Thor's crazy, and <laughs> so they fight, um, and. To his credit, Nova... Nova doesn't get completely creamed in his own book this time. Uh, you know, there's a there's a point at which... Uh, he is... Thor goes to hold him underwater. And, uh, you know, the helmet automatically closes off and provides its own air supply and stuff like that. So, uh... They are they are fighting, and in the course of this, the corruptor reverts back to human, um, and the guy who his name is Jackson Day, he's a worker in some factory. He, in the course of the fire, he was exposed to chemicals that turned him into the
1: corruptor. So. After he reverts back to human though, his the hold over Thor dissipates. Di- yeah. Um, and uh, but as it, do- no, as it does it does, Thor kind of drops to his knees and like tries to shake it off, but Nova had already wound up and just fucking creams him. Uh Thor lands on his back in a different zip code. And uh, Novak runs up and he's like, Okay, are we doing... Are we still doing this? What's happening? And Thor's like, Whoa, wait a minute. What the... F-? Hold on. Okay. And he, he reveals that he understood everything that he... Or he could watch everything that he was doing, but he didn't have any control. Right. Um. So he now he knows that, you know, he's not mad at Nova because blah, blah, blah. Um. And he's like, Well, okay, we gotta... We probably ought to go find this guy, shouldn't we? Jackson returns home uh, long enough
0: to, like, he receives a phone call from his wife and or girlfriend. It's at this point that we find out, you know, a bit more about him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is the point at which we figure out his name. Uh, And stuff like that. But he basically tells her to go fuck herself. And then hangs up and promptly turns back into the Corruptor. Um, and so he, uh, he changes, he creates a, a garment worthy of himself. Uh, Thor and Nova take off to go and find this dude, um, and come into conflict with him again. Uh, they manage to avoid getting, um getting taken over. Uh, Yeah, corrupted. (laughs) It's right there. Um, But the Corruptor flees out to the street and uh, starts touching random people and driving them mad and then takes a woman hostage. Uh, And he tells tells them uh, walk away and let me escape or shit's about to get real. Uh so Thor is just like, well, I guess there's only one thing to do. At which point the corruptor's like, haha, that's right, and lets her go. And Thor's like, You didn't wait to see what my decision was, idiot. <laughs> and proceeds to he slams Mielner down on the street, knocking him off balance. At which point Nova comes up and delivers the coup de gras. Uh and Nova Nova and Thor part as friends. Um not a bad issue. Not no. a bad issue. I, I mean, think this is this is the best so far.
1: Um, I don't. I don't mind Nova if we're gonna treat it kind of a little camp, a little adventure I'm okay with that. Let's yeah. let's do that. Um, yeah. I don't. The parts of this mostly, or the parts of this book so far that have been mostly annoying have been the rest of his life with, (laughs) with, like, minor, um, (laughs) with minor, like, uh, flashes of, like, his relationship with his brother. I like that. Um, the fact that he's completely oblivious to how into him Ginger is, is both annoying and kind of fun at the same time. Uh, Mike suddenly being a goddamn character this week was like, whoa. Um, yeah. And. Which is not, which is not to say that the pressures that
0: Mike is under excuse Mm-mm. his behavior, but it's an added, it's an added amount of depth. Yeah. because Because up until up now, Mike has just been a bully for the sake of being a bully. Yeah. Whereas here it's like, okay. It's not to say it's not to say it's okay to no, be a bully, no. But at least you understand why he's a bully, yeah. Instead of just being a one-dimensional dick, yeah.
1: I mean that's kind of the way Flash had. It's just there. It's tighter than Flash Thompson. Yeah. Right? Flash Thompson was a dick for being a dick's sake, and then that evolved over time. This was just like, and like you kind of figured out what his deal was. Whereas with this. It's like, okay, three issues in, Mike's annoying as hell, we gotta give him something. Okay, we'll give him this. And that works. So, yeah. that's cool. Uh, so, back to Thor.
0: Thor, number 252, is written by Len Wein, penciled by John Buscema, inked by Tony DeZuniga, colored by Glynis Wien, lettered by
1: Joe Rosen. So Also, Joe Rosen is fucking killing it. Yeah. I have never seen lettering and, and thought to myself, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Uh, the ti- the lettering on the title page is fantastic. Yeah. Um, anyway,
0: uh, but so everybody gathers around, and the vizier is trying to think of anything else they can do, and uh, they hit a, they hit upon well, let's let's ask Mimir. Uh, because Mimir knows shit. Mimir knows everything. Uh, and everybody's just like, are we sure this is a good idea? Like, Mimir, Mamir doesn't just give out knowledge just because, um, and they're like, well, whatever it takes, we've got to find Odin. So they get in contact with Mimir. Mimir is
1: just like, you know, I. Uh, you're asking the same question you asked me before. Because they did do this apparently, they yeah. they they summoned Mimir and asked him where, or asked Mimir where Thor or where Odin was, and he's like, "I'm not gonna give you the same knowledge twice." Yeah, and he's like, Thor's kind of argues it's different this time. He's probably not in the same place he was last time when you told us, and Mimir's like, "I don't give a shit. You're you're asking the same question. That's boring to me." Uh, you have to bring me, in order to get this information, you need to bring me the eye, the bejeweled, the jeweled eye of this held, hell dragon.
0: Yeah, it guards the gates of the realm below, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, so, Thor is just like, okay, well, we gotta do that. And, so... He sets off. Uh, he says his goodbyes Again. To, to Sif. Thankfully, we're spared the inevitable, like, oh, come with you. No, no, no. On and on and on. So he gets to the realm below, gets to the gates. There's the dragon. He goes to uh, to Attempt. fight it yeah. and take its eye when suddenly Ulric is there. And it turns out Ulik is after the same thing. He is, uh, so they start battling. And in the in the course of things, you, you find out that Ulik. So the kingdom of the trolls is under attack from some outside force, and Ulik has come because it is the only thing that will save his people. Uh, Thor notes this. But he and are have such a history... That they can't not fight. So they have a knockdown drag-out battle. um,
1: Which... The the issue culminates with... Them... Earlier in the issue to get to the dragon... He had walked over this... Yawning pit of fire, right? Because you have to. And on a bridge made of stone... Or a narrow bridge made of stone, and uh, it's actually pretty rad that yeah. they're bashing on each other. Uh, ulik has got a mace and Thor's hammer, and they're beating the shit out of each other as the flames leap up around the side of the bridge. Um, finally, Ulik manages to catch Thor when he's not well footed and kick him into the pit. Yeah. Um um has seemingly and then stands and is like I beat Thor. I've I've never seen him swing his hammer around his head and use it to fly before. So, clearly I have won. Yeah. Uh we then get a
0: a Tales of Asgard. I always liked Tales of Asgard. It's a nice little whatever. Uh this takes place right after Thor is able to lift Mjolnir. Uh, And so he is now... He is now, you know, young but not a kid. But nor is he necessarily a man. Uh, But so he is outriding and like swelling with pride over the fact that he is now worthy to wield Mjolnir. When he crosses the path of a storm giant and uh, they Thor blusters a bit (laughs) bluster (laughs) Uh, you know calls up a whirlwind Um, but this dude's a storm giant he is not impressed by any of this so they uh, they spar verbally a little bit the, the storm giant throws a boulder and knocks Thor from his horse and then stands on Mjolnir, uh, at which point Thor is just like, uh, that's fine, I'll fight you barehanded. I don't even give a shit. But then he starts sinking into the
1: ground. Because the storm giant actually grew up with dwarves who know spells to control stones. Right. And this, this is,
0: so it's really frustrating because this is basically, this is a Greek myth in that the storm giant draws his power from the earth. Oh, yeah. And as we will find out next time, separate him from the earth and he can be defeated, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Thor number 253 is colored by Marie Severin and... uh, lettered by Pat Condoy. Did I do the creative team on Tales of Asgard? I don't think so. I did not. I'm sorry. Uh, the Tales of Asgard was written by David Kraft, penciled and inked by Pablo Marcos, colored by Glennis Ween, and lettered by John Costanza. So Thor 253. Uh, go moves toward the dragon, thinking that Thor is dead. Thor, of course, uh, uses his... Uh, hammer to divert his fall and fly back up. Ulick is able to defeat the dragon and pry the eye from it. Uh, at which point he and Thor battle. Um, they they kind of trash the uh, the the narrow bridge a bit. Uh, in the course of which Ulik drops the stone, and Thor's like, "Well, shit, we can't have that." So he throws Mjolnir, which Diverts the fall of the stone twice in one issue, uh, and so it's at this point Thor is able to be like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" and
1: talks to Ulick. He's like, "Because they're they're, they're separate. They're on the bridge, but they're separated by a gap." Yeah, and so Ulric, he's like, "Okay, wait, everybody, fucking chill. I have what I want, but, but." I'm not just going to leave you. What were you saying about your whole people being threatened by an outside force? Right. And who looks like, I fucking hate you so much, but let me tell you about a thing we kind of fucked up. Um, and he tells him the story that the trolls, who, you know, they live underground, were digging. And they, they dug too deep. They dug too deep and uh, accidentally released some sort of goddamn cosmic horror. Trog! Well, yeah, uh. yeah Trog. And they managed to just barely uh, keep Trog at bay in the hole they opened up and boarded up and put supports underneath there. But it's clear that at some point, Trog's going to get through the barrier and kill all of them. And the um, only way... The only way to
0: stop it is with the Ruby Eye. So Thor agrees to come to the Kingdom of the Trolls. Uh, the King of the Trolls is just like, what the fuck are you doing? And who looks like, look, it's cool. He says he's, he's going to help. He says he's going to help. And As they're the talking... Garadur,
1: it's... Yeah, it's Garadur. Gero, he's like, I swear to God, fine, I, but I swear to God, if he, fucks, if he fucks up any shit while he's here... It's all on you. Yeah. That means you get kicked out again. Yeah. And it looks like, okay, I got it. Um, they go to the door and, um, Trog is battering away at the barrier. And as they arrive, one of the supports fails. Trog is all released himself. And...
0: Trog, Trog is pasty and ill-tempered. Uh, like your average comic skater, nah. uh, and uh, they they do their best to to waylay him, but there's no, it's not going to work. Um, Trog is too strong. Ulick is able to force him somewhat back through the hole, uh, but it's only a matter of time until Trog forces his way back out. So Thor uses his uses the ruby and seals the portal to Trog's realm. Uh, so the and then the trolls are saved but then like Ulla and all the rest start mocking Thor like assholes and uh
1: yeah. <laughs> he they they actually troll yeah. They troll him because they're like, ah you lost the only way that you were going to be able to find Odin. You suck. And yeah. Thor's like, you don't want to be dicks. I should just help you. S- find whatever, I'm going home.
0: Yeah. Well, he's just like, you know, the next time we meet, I'm going to remember this moment. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So then we have the weapon and the warrior part two. Thor is able to fight his way back... Uh, from being swallowed by whatever. He and the storm giant rage and rage and rage. Thor separates him from the ground. Uh, they reach an impasse. Like in the middle of their fight, they both start laughing and then they just part ways as friends. Yep. It's very sweet. Yep. Anyway, uh, Thor number 254 is a reprint of uh Thor number one fifty nine, which uh, it's been a while, so it is. Thor number one fifty nine is where we find the the truth of what Don Blake is, um, that he was created by Odin to teach Thor humility and so on and so forth. Uh, it touches upon Thor's first appearance. Uh, which does have a relation to the next issue. So, uh, Thor number 255 is penciled by Tony DeZuniga, colored by Glynis Ween, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. What I will say is there is a panel, uh, that I'm not going to lie, Thor looks like a thumb. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is, uh, where is it? It is, go, go, uh, right there. <laughs> Thor, Thor straight up looks like a thumb. This one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's bad. But so Thor, Thor returns to Asgard and he's kicking
1: himself and, you know. All the others are like, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, I'm sure it'll be okay. Um, you, you, it actually sounds like you did a really, uh, noble thing, even though fuck the trolls and they're like, yeah, but I don't know. This sucks. Um, so eventually Thor's like, well, I guess we better call up Mimir again and tell him that I'm not going to be able to get him the ruby that he demanded. And, uh, so they do that. Right. I'm not skipping anything.
0: No, no.
1: Uh, Mimir shows up and he's like, ah, "I've been I've been expecting your summons." And he's like, "Thor's like, I'm sorry, man. We lost the ruby. I used it to help the fucking trolls, and then they were dicks." And he's like, "Yeah, I know. I, that's what I, I did that on purpose. You were supposed to go help the trolls, and there was no way in hell you were gonna go do it unless I told you that." Yeah. So good job. That was the play. Um, so Mimir's like. Okay, um, having held up your end of the bargain, I will give you something. And they he shows Thor the Doomsday Star, uh, which is where they should start to look for Odin. Everyone's like, great, where is it located? Oh shit, he's gone so Mir leaves before he gives him any real information other than the Doomsday Star uh and he's like well alright I'm going and uh everybody's coming with me so this is great so they all except for Baldur also offers to stay but Thor's like actually one of us ought to stick around and it should probably be you um and, Thor, and Baldur's like, alright, cool, that sucks, I, I wanted to go, but yeah, you're right. They get in a Starjammer, which is a longboat that flies in space. And uh, not the Starjammers. Made me think of Corsair, and I was mad. <laughs> uh, not... What's his name? Summers. Yeah. Oh, shit. What is his first name? Christopher. Christopher. Not Christopher Summers. Uh, They fly out and are searching for this dark star. No, it's not dark star. I forgot already. Doomsday
0: star. Yeah. The death star. The death star. Uh, It's 1976.
1: I mean... Uh, Next year, right?
0: That's true. I mean they they may be about getting ready to launch the uh Star Wars comic though. I don't know.
1: Uh, anyway, uh, they run into a meteor storm that shreds the ship. Uh is the quick way to do it, forcing them to land on an asteroid uh where they find an abandoned ship and a statues to what they believe must have been the lost crew of the ship there inside or they find uh Volstag brushes the dust off of one of them and uh, they're like well that was interesting time to go Uh, so they start heading back to the ship to make repairs meanwhile the statues come to life Um, it's Krogan's it's Krogan's and one of them blasts the other one (laughs) or one of them pulls a weapon and blasts one of them and uh, then they're all like all right, fuck that. It's time to go. Yeah, uh, I don't know why one of them needed to get incinerated. I assume I, if I that's read... not
0: he's he's blasting the dust and shit off the others. Oh. Yeah. He's he's free. So they were covered over with crap and Volstag like brushed some of it off, which caused the rest to fall off this one Krogan. And he then uses his sidearm to clear off what's on the others. Oh. Uh, if you are not familiar, like, if you've never read the first appearance of Thor or Planet Hulk, Krogan's are Korg from Thor Ragnarok is a Krogan. Um, so yeah. But, uh, they, they proceed to
1: attack, uh... The Asgardians. Because they've been stuck on this asteroid. After their ship died, because of complications with their first meeting with Thor, they put themselves into a hibernative state. Mm-hmm. Um, and to wait until somebody found them, this is them. It's just happened. The craziest coincidence that it's actually uh, Thor. He... So they're like, "Hey, we're taking your ship," and Thor's like, "No, uh, thank you." So everybody fights a. a, a it seems
0: like it seems like there's a way around this. Literally, all they have to say is, "We will give you a ride." Yeah. To civilization, like we have somewhere to be. We can drop you on the way to someplace that you can find your way back to your people. End of story. But everybody's just so busy being assholes. Uh, that they just fight one of the Krogans goes back to their ship and uses part of their engine which is now no longer able to be repaired but he like rips out a part that still works and uses it basically as a gravity gun to uh, cause uh, the Asgardians to not be
1: able to get up Um, Thor of course uh, struggles mightily through against the horrible power of this Gravachon and manages to throw his we- throw Mjolnir through it and destroy it. This... At this point, everybody else stands up and he's like, Okay, we're leaving. Then, because the Krogan pulled a part out of the ship, it explodes. Um, And the asteroid looks like it's about to start breaking up. Yeah. Um, So so Thor and the others leave them to die
0: um, (laughs) and make their way
1: back out into space. And Thor's like, well, I feel like shitty. That was kind of not a... not a good thing to do. They're like, yeah... But we couldn't... We have to finish our quest. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yeah. It is worth noting,
0: these are the same Krogans from Thor's first appearance. Uh, The Krogans that he ran into in that cave in Norway and uh, chased off of Earth, they then crash-landed on this asteroid. Yep. So... So yeah, that's that loose end tied up. Uh, <laughs> the loose end everyone was clamoring for. All right. Tomb of Dracula, number forty-four, is uh, written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Gene Colan, inked by Tom Palmer, colored by Tom Palmer, and lettered by John Costanza. Uh, so, I do want to I do want to step back for a moment. Now, the last time we read uh, Doctor Strange, it was his, uh, his run-in with Infinity, during which the Earth was destroyed. Yeah, and it took then, me a minute
1: to remember that.
0: Yeah, and then at the end of that, Earth is restored. Uh, and it's it's kind of like, you know... Infinity restarts everything, so everything runs back up through the present day. Uh, So there is... Yeah, it's a whole thing. Doctor Strange is the only one who survived because he was outside of reality at that point. But yeah,
1: so... So He's got an idiotic... An idiotic... uh,
0: Idiot.
1: He's got a stupid hang-up... That no one is their real selves because they were all destroyed. There's a whole, there's a whole, like, um,
0: it's all very philosophical, like, you know, what if, if you are, if you are that person genetically and you've lived all of their li- life experiences and gone through all of the things that they went through. Uh, aren't you? But whatever. Yeah. So, so Tomb of Dracula starts and Strange is in his, uh, in his sanctum and he's just like, Wong's taking a while. Where is he? And so he uses he uses the orb of Agamado and discovers Wong has been attacked and left for dead in a in an alleyway. Uh so he uses he uses his mystical uh abilities to investigate and discovers that Wong was bitten by a vampire. Um he freezes Wong so that uh things won't progress while he deals with the situation. Um, and proceeds to go into Wong's memory and discover that it was, Wong was walking the street, stumbled across Dracula who was feeding on this woman, and then was attacked by Dracula himself. Uh, Strange is just like, nope, this does not, this is not gonna work. Uh, We have a weird, so this is, this is a result of not having read uh, Tomb of Dracula, but we have this weird thing with Harold H. Harold and Aurora Rabinowitz, who there's been a whole storyline in Tomb of Dracula with them and this doctor's son who's just a brain and on and on. Harold H. Harold, I guess, shows up once Kate Bishop becomes Hawkeye and he has some dealings with her in L.A. But this is whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, So the Harold uh, is just like, oh, you wrote a book about our experiences with Dracula? She's like, yep. And he's like, so would you want to go out sometime and she's like nope and he's like ah man uh so Dracula returns to his uh his lair which is he's in Boston and there's a whole thing about how Boston is very similar to London he in
1: yeah. his, in but it's, it's actually Dr. Sun's lair that he's taken yeah um and there is a shadowy figure watching Dracula from the shadows. Which is
0: apparently Deacon Frost.
1: No. Um. Hannibal King. No. Yes.
0: No. No? The wiki says it's Deacon Frost. Okay. Because Hannibal King has his own shit going on.
1: Alright. Uh. Okay, so th- this is Deacon Frost, which is also rad. Um, I'm, I'm good with either one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We switch back so, to
1: Dracula, who's beating up all the machines in Sun's house because he hates it. Um, <laughs> and uh, he goes to take a nap. Blade is hopping from rooftop to rooftop, trying to find and kill the person who killed his, his mother. Uh, Doctor Strange is on his way to where physically on his way to where Wong died so that he can follow the shadows of Dracula to find out where he went and he starts following to Dracula's lair Dracula wakes up and realizes that he's a, somebody else is in the house um, right before Strange bursts in and uh, attacks they have a fight Uh, Strange tries to bond him with the normal crimson bands of Sidorak and such and Dracula's like motherfucker, I turn into mist and just vanishes. Um, And at that point he, he spins around and Dracula's there and he Strange basically enters his dreams to try and or his nightmares to try and find out what he can use against dracula um at that point we get a flashback to uh dracula as prince of transylvania fighting the turks and he the and up to the moment where he was slain in battle and taken to a his his enemy took him to uh Leandra or Leanda the witch to heal him but the witch uh lets him get bit by the by a vampire and he's that's how he became the vampire this was not a particularly happy memory for Dracula and he did not want to remember it. Um, in the end Dracula gets gets one over on strange and uh, bites him killing him and in three days uh, he will rise as one of Dracula's minions. right Oh uh, yeah. Epilogue is Blade enters an apartment as a person arrives home that he knows is a vampire, um, and he jumps in. I'm here to kill you because you killed my mom, and he's like, "Wait, who are you? You're not." And it's, it's his name is Hannibal King, which yeah. is Ryan Reynolds' character from Blade Trinity.
0: Yeah, the. The thing is, so, <clears throat> there is, what did I accidentally do? I don't know. Oh, that's why. God damn it. I was trying to see, because the dude who, the, du- the dude who was hanging around uh, where vampire, or where Dracula was, had kind of white hair and a beard. Yeah. Whereas Hannibal King is shown clean shaven. But yeah, everything I can see says that's Deacon Frost. Uh, And it's actually, so the reason for the Blade appearance at the end of this issue is that Blade had been tracking the vampire who killed his mother, which was Deacon Frost, and in so doing happened across Hannibal King, who was created... By Deacon Frost. Like he he was made a vampire by Deacon Frost. The two then team up. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Doctor Strange number 14 uh, is written by Steve Englehart. Penciled by Gene Colan. Inked by Tom Palmer. Colored by Tom Palmer. And lettered by John Costanza. So <laughs> having, having drained Strange he uh, <coughs> Dracula tosses him in a basement. <laughs> um, so when before he, before he fed on Strange, Dracula had used his hypnotic abilities. Uh, it turns out that before he was able to do that, Strange uh, left his body in his astral form. Uh, but now. He is unable to re-enter his body. Um, And so he's fucked. But yeah, he has three days until he becomes a vampire. During this time, Dracula is out wandering around. um, And he's looking to feed because that's what Dracula does. Uh, When he starts being... He starts being inundated by other, uh, other figures from his past, including Dr. Sun, uh, and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, he thinks, he thinks that Dr. Sun is responsible for his seeing this brain. uh, but he returns to the... He returns to Dr. Sun's lair and discovers that there's nothing that could be causing it. Uh, so he checks on Dr. Strange's body, and no, Strange is very much still dead. Um, and he starts raging.
1: Uh, but then he goes to check on Wong. Um, who died three nights ago, so it's his, t- it's his time to rise. Yeah. But, and it's a little unclear, apparently at some point, Strange had brought Wong to yeah the Sanctum Sanctorum, so he, Wong isn't there. Uh, as he discovers this, he's also beset by a vision of Maria, uh, who unquestionably must be some former lover. And It was his wife. It was his wife, okay. Yeah. And he recoils at the sight of her because... He knows she's dead um and basically he causes a big scene because he's fighting nothing like yeah but he's very loud about it and so even though he's in an alley a whole bunch of people are like uh hey man are you all right and he's like go away my business is with her and they can't see her so he vampires up and Or bat bat wings up and flies out after the spirit of that he's or this vision that he's having. They go out over the ocean, far and far far away, and it isn't until then that Strange's astral form he reveals himself. But by this time they're so far out, the sun is starting to come up, and. He's going to have to use all of his energy to get back to shore before the sun comes up, which he manages to do. Three days later, he goes and opens the. Well, the next night,
0: because it has been, yeah, it's been two. At, at the point at which Strange nearly gets him baked, it's been two nights since Strange was right bitten. So that the following night. Dracula returns to the uh, the lair, finds Strange, transformed into a vampire. Strange is now able to re-enter his body. They fight. Uh, there's a stake involved, but it breaks. And then uh, Strange is able to summon a crucifix, which burns Dracula seemingly to death. uh <laughs> Once that's done... Dr. Strange uses his magic to bring Wong to him. Uh, And this is the thing I don't understand. He casts a spell which makes them both human again. And it's like... Then why has nobody done that like a thousand times over? Every time there's vampires... Somebody should just call up Dr. Strange and be like, Hey, Steven, what's up? We got vampires. That's cool. Yeah. No, she's fine. She says hi. Hey, listen, we have a vampire situation. Could you maybe pop over and, and then he shows up and he's just like, wibbly, wibbly, woo. And then no more vampire. Like vampires, you live in a world where there is a spell... That can completely free someone from being a vampire. Why would you just not use that? Why are there still vampires? Anyway, uh, so that brings us to Dr. Strange number 15. same creative team. Uh, Strange Strange is at a building fire and uh, observing. He shows up and people are just like, whoa, a dude in a cape. And then he's just like, wibbly, wibbly, woo. And then suddenly they're just like, oh, I thought you were wearing a cape. That's weird. I must be, I must be imagining things. The fire, the heat is creating a, whatever. So a woman like jumps out of the building uh, and he creates an awning beneath her, which saves her life. And everybody's just like, huh. I could have sworn there was no awning there. But he leaves, and this dude is, like, watching and is, yeah. So, Strange gets back home. Uh, He is wigging out about uh, stuff. Meanwhile, Wong has a run-in with a couple of Asian dudes who are just, there's a whole,
1: like, uh, you know. um, Yeah, I couldn't remember what this is called. What? Where they're trying to make him feel guilty for working for yeah, a it's white basically
0: man. like you know why you why you working for a white dude? And he's like, the culture I come from values wisdom. Like that's yeah. all there is to it. And they're just like, whatever, Twinkie, and on and on and on. Yeah, I, it's a it's an odd, incongruous thing, and I I don't really like it. It's. I mean,
1: yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, but anyway, he's freaking out because the world exploded, or the universe exploded, and no one is really the people they were before, except they kind of are. No, they definitely are. How is he going to tell this to Clea? Oh, no. Um, Clea comes in and is like, hey, are you being weird? Why are you being weird? I, or Actually, at first, he's she's like, hey, while you were gone... I, you know, advanced my, my studies in the mystic arts. Here's a leopard. And she. Strange is like, very good, you're coming along. And he's like, great. Uh, you're a bundle of joy. And she's like, basically, she knows something's up. By the yeah. end of this. Because he's acting she knows too fucking he's being weird. weird. Yeah. Uh, there's a knock
0: at the door. Wong has not yet returned, so Strange goes to answer it. At which point, this dude who's been following him is just like, "Hey, I know what you are," and uh, he's like, "I wanna, I wanna learn," and Strange is just like, uh, that's not, that's not what I do, bro," and so the guy's like, "Okay," and like takes out a knife and slits his own throat. Uh, so Strange, um, Strange is like, "Oh shit," uh, starts trying to like do something about this. Wong arrives home. They carry this dude upstairs. Um, his name is James Mandarin. Uh, strange treats the 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 gash. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Fife and uh, Ra... What's his name? Rama... Uh rama khalif rama khalif who have been crashing with strange come in they're just like what's all the hubbub and uh strange is like oh yeah you're here
1: and uh mandarin what he says is what's the row doctor rama khalif and i were roused from our beds so we we were roused from our beds and then dressed in vests and and jackets yeah um like you do. Like you do. You, th- mean, these are your pajamas. Sure. Uh, he takes Mandarin, this guy, treats his wound, and is like, and puts him to sleep, essentially. Yeah, Mandarin
0: Mandarin is just like, I knew you were the real deal. And uh, whatever. But so, Doctor Strange... Uh, goes to uh, attempt to contact the Ancient One to find out how he should deal with all of this shit when he is attacked by creatures of the in-between. And so he's just like okay, not gonna do that. (laughs) And uh, he goes um, he goes upstairs and he's like trying to find some fucking peace in this house. Uh, when he is, he, he is approached, well, so Wong and Clea have a talk and Clea's like, what's going on? And Wong's like, I don't presume to know. Uh, Dr. Strange goes up to the roof, at which point Lord Fife and Rama, Rama Krishna or whatever, um, Rama Krishna, Rama Krishna, I don't know, Rama, Rama Rama whatever uh, and they come upstairs and they're like you know whatever is bothering you we are not unfamiliar with magic you know yeah. maybe we can share some of the burden like what is what is bothering you so much and uh and so strange tells them and and they handle it reasonably well they're just like oh
1: okay all right well, well that's, that's shit. Although, uh, you should probably tell Clea. And yeah. They, he's like, I don't know, guys. And they're like, I, she'll probably be able to handle it. And if it'll get this off your chest and out from between the two of you, then that's good. You should yeah. just do that. He's like, all right, I will. And so he's on his way down until he realizes that or he hears a thump in the bedroom that he put Mandarin in so he's like ah shit he's awake goes in there and he's like okay what's your deal um and he's like I know you're a sorcerer and I know I can see things around I know you're not normal I know that um so basically he wants to be taught Um, which is not what Strange does. This is, he is not here to take on disciples and teach them like a guru or something is what he says. Uh, throughout this issue, there has been a specter sort of, there's a face occasionally like in the darkness or in the moonlight or something that has been following Strange around after Strange leaves and locks Mandarin in his room the he goes Mandarin goes a bit nuts and out of the darkness he can hear a voice tell him that he'll be his messiah and at that point he begins a monstrous change um back with Strange, she's actually telling he's actually telling Clea that about what happened and she does not take it well. Um at which point
0: Mandarin bursts in and he's now been possessed by
1: Satan? Ostensibly, yes. Um, and they're all transported away. They all teleport away and Wong's just like, huh. Oh, well, you fucked up the rug. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of, it's a little weird to end in the middle of the story. Well. But oh well. It just, it, it had to work out that way. Yeah. Too, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. number 5 for me so this week's top 5 was hard cuz nothing really stood out to me there were very few things so uh clea is pretty good in her appearances in doctor strange in that she kind she picks up that something's wrong immediately and i don't know clea usually it's, Clea could come off really, really, really annoying and slow sometimes, but I actually liked her in this story. Mm -hmm. Um, Number four, whoa, Mike, you're suddenly a character. Like, holy shit. Uh, It was really tight the way they handled that, too, um, and will give me some perspective of... I mean, like we were saying, it doesn't excuse him being a bully. Being a bully is bad, but um, it was neat context but it was kind of like a little quick yeah um, and number that was four so number three is the the Uluk fight Thor Uluk fight over the fire uh, that was probably one of the better fights of the week Um, just because it was you know it was a good fight yeah um, number two This secret shield facility is secret. Um, And number one, uh, Spider-Woman drops a jet on a Hydra base because that was rad. Yeah, I mean, not only the character parts, it was... Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. And that's me. Uh, So, number five.
0: uh, Bernie talks like a 70-year-old rabbi. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I... I don't know. Maybe there are maybe young men who speak like this. But, yeah, Rabbi Irv. Rabbi Rabbi. Bernie talks... Bernie talks like, just like a 70-year-old Yiddish man <laughs> for whom
1: English is a second language. Sure. Uh, I don't know. He, he is... I mean, English is a I second get, language, but he's been doing it for 40 years, so he's got it. Yeah. I, the feeling that I get with Bernie
0: is like a very, like, Steve Buscemi, how do you do fellow kids kind of thing. Uh, number,
1: number four, fuck caps, I want to meet Thor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't seen one of my better friends in a while, in a way, and or and or heard from them. And nobody seems to have perhaps that's worry troublesome four <laughs> yeah uh
0: number 3 attention attention please back away so that the secret shield uh shield airplane can complete its secret delivery
1: of secret materials to our secret attention wha <laughs> 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 to our secret shield facility Oh, God. It was just so. There's obviously something here. Anyway, yep. Number two, Abracadampire. I
0: don't want to be a vampire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just nope that off me. Never mind the fact that I've been dead for three days. Whatever.
0: Uh, and number. Number one is... uh, Eat jet, assholes! (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. um, Next week... Next week, we've got a bunch of shit. Uh, We have the continuation of Doctor Strange. A couple of issues of X-Men. A bunch of Captain Britain. And uh, some Fantastic Four. So, yeah. uh, In the meantime... Follow us on uh, Twitter both individually and at Watchers Guide MU. Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, email us at Watchers Guide at gmail.com or visit our website at Watchers That is it for us. Have a marvelous week.
1: Bye. <laughs>